Market. The S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. G'day fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fool's Chief Investment Officer, and welcome back to another episode of Motley Fool Stock of the Week. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it through the Motley Fool Money podcast feed, welcome, welcome back. Thank you for listening. Phil's Stock of the Week is exactly what you would expect it to be. It's one stock once a week where we highlight one of the buy recommendations from one of our services. Now, as usual, I'm going to give you my three points to remember about Stock of the Week. The first is it's a buy recommendation of at least one of our services right now. If you're listening to this in weeks or months or years time, it may not be a buy recommendation by then. So please remember that. Secondly, we are long-term investors. We make no promises or predictions about what happens over the next day, week, month, or even year. Most of our recommendations have a three to five year time horizon when we make them. So we are looking for long-term success. Don't buy the stock today or tomorrow or the day after, expecting it to go to the moon by the end of the week. It's not gonna happen, or if it does, we'll be as surprised as you are. We're looking for long-term market beaters. And of course, by the way, we'll be wrong from time to time. Remember that we always recommend a diversified portfolio, which takes me to my last point, which is, This is general advice only. We can't tell you what you should do. All we can say is that we think a company, in this instance, I'll let uh, Trevor give the good news in a second, is a buy recommendation, is worth buying. We think it's likely to beat the market over time. On average, as I said, that's what The Motley Fool's about. That's what Stock of the Week is all about. And with no further ado, let me introduce this week's partner in crime, Trevor Machedzi. Trevor, how are you, mate? (laughs) Thanks, God. How are you? (laughs) I'm very wise. When I say partner in crime, I mean it metaphorically, of course, for anyone who's wondering. Trevor, <laughs> what is this week's Motley Fool Stock of the Week? So, Scott, this week we are looking at a specialty retailer called Dusk Group Limited with ticker DSK on mm-hmm. the ASX. Nice. Uh, the company is is a specialty retailer within the home fragrance space. So what that means is that uh, their products is to make your home and your personal space look, smell, and feel good. That's almost like the high level. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to personal slide on me, Trevor. I'll assume not. I'll assume you're not saying I need it, but on the off chance, we'll, we'll keep going and explain what the company does. Sure. So Dusk Limited, right, was, um, I think, founded in 2015. Initially, the company um, found, was founded within the candle, right, the, the ascended candle space. That what what it was no, and, uh, almost known for for the last five or so years. But what we've seen in that over the last three years, it has moved into what we call a fragrance-led homeware company. So their key products is they sell reed diffusers, ultrasonic diffusers, and, and scented candles, right? Um, but what we like about this company is that those products, the diffusers, whether it's ultrasonic or reed or the candles, those are almost what we call like, you know, your, your customer-facing uh, product. But... The key differentiator is the fragrance. So right now, the way that I think about Dusk is it's a fragrance business. And what they have is they've got 70 proprietary fragrances that they only they own them. They're the one they decide they design them. And those fragrances are then, you know, obviously, whether it's a diffuser, whether it's a candle, they're then embedded in those products. So I think well, that's the first thing. And the one thing about fragrance product is that uh they are usually what we call, you know, uh, consumer discretionary products. And when you think about it, if you walk into a shop, right, and you want to buy a fragrance for your house, right, you are less concerned about price. 
what you're more concerned about is the you know the chemistry you want something that smells good that makes your house feels right. good right so it's about product differentiation on the fragrance side than it is on the diffusers or the red candles or or, or, mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. so yeah so the company that's what it does um one of the things that i should just highlight up front is that although task is a retailer it's, it's almost a different type of a retailer because it's it is what you call a vertically integrated retailer and what that means is that uh, they have got chemical engineers inside the company that develop those fragrances and then they then outsource the manufacturing to a company i think based out of china but um mm-hmm. in terms of the selling of those products they they are only sold through their own channels which is a channel of um around 127 uh, retail stores and also their online channels so what this means in in a nutshell is that you never walk into let's say david jones or emaya and see those fragrances or those products they are only sold through dusk's own channels so this gives them almost what we call like a direct to consumer type of a business model and they control you know the the customer experience uh end to end so in a nutshell that's what dusk does and i think it's a pretty pretty um interesting business to us especially because it focuses on a differentiation on the fragrance which is a high margin business as you will see when we going when we go through the numbers let's do that mate so look i i do know dusk as a candle business i i have so i haven't been to dusk school in any, any time recently but i'm certainly very familiar with it and i would have said if you'd asked me look this is a pretty niche kind of you know very discretionary kind of purchase doesn't instantly grab me as an extreme opportunities type business. I assume that's where the, the recommendation is from. Normally, you guys are looking for high growth tech businesses with huge scalability yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then you bring me a candle business. So I, I, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm hearing you. I certainly, you mentioned vertically integrated businesses. One of my favorite retailers is actually Smiggle, uh, owned by Premier yeah. Investments. But again, the same sort of business, as you say, they sell their own brand in their own stores. They're kind of controlling their own destiny. So I get the broad idea. Tell me about what's made Dusk excited. So I, I get the advantage of the business itself, but what's made it exciting for yeah. you guys and, and made it a buy recommendation? Yeah. So, Scott, there are a couple of things, right? I think we, uh, that, we, we, that really, really got us excited about the business. Um, so first of all, they have got a very, very interesting, like what we said, is a, it's a vertically inter- integrated business model. So what mm-hmm. that means is that there is no middleman, right, in their business structure, in their business model structure. So there are no wholesalers or distributors in between, right? Mm. So what this means is that they can actually provide quality product to the end customer, but at a very, very competitive pricing. And at the same time, they also bank the margin, right? Because there's you no, know, there are no middlemen in between. So now if you look at the company, right, in terms of the profit margin, Scott, if you think about a retailer, right, if you are an average retailer, you're looking around 3% to 4% profit margin. If you are very good as a retailer, you're looking around 5% to 6% as, as, uh, in terms of profit margin. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Dusk, right, in FY, in FY20, like, you know, from uh, FY19 to FY20, just before the corona, the profit margin was around 13%. That's almost wow. more than twice the very best when it comes to, um, you know, in the retail space. And then if you look at mm-hmm. FY21, which is the recently uh, completed financial year, actually the company is guiding a profit margin of 26%, right? Wow. Those are the profit margin that you, you and I can see in software businesses. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and if you think about it, really, what's really driving those profit margin? So here's the business model. 
they sell you, let's say, an ultrasonic diffuser, right? They don't make much money on that diffuser. Where do, so where do they make money? They make money on the portfolio of 70 fragrances, you know, that you use in those diffusers. And those fragrances, right, it's a high-end type of a, you know, customer purchase. And the profit margins on the fragrance is around 50 to 70%. You know, I mean, and, and if you think about it, I mean, if you look at some of the best fragrance in terms of, you know, um, fragrance business like Chanel, you know, all those top end luxury, those are the type of margins that you look for. And why is it like that? It's because when people go to, to, to desk and they want to buy a fragrance, they are not looking for the cheapest fragrance. No, they're looking for a quality product that makes their house you know, feel, smell, and, 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 and really look good. So that's the first thing. And then uh, the second thing why we really, really like the business is that I think they've got one of the best customer acquisition program called Dusk Reward, right? And what it is is that it's a paid membership program. So you pay $10.00 to be a member that will cover you for two years. And, and in return for paying that $10, you get what they call member-only pricing. So if you walk into a dust shop or whether it's the physical store or online, there's pricing which is only reserved for members, which is much cheaper. And then there's pricing which is reserved for non-members. So if you then look at the metrics, the number of members under dust reward has grown from about 500,000 slightly over 500,000 in FY2019 and they are estimating that by the end of the this past financial year, they are sitting at 700,000 Dusk Reward members. Now, we ran some numbers, you know, uh, internally, Scott, and it's amazing because their customer acquisition cost is only $10. It's, it's, it's totally amazing, right? So right. their customer acquisition is $10. So you acquire a customer for $10 and that customer, you know, spends more than more than $500 with you per year or $1,000 with you per year. So if you look at it right. on that metric, it's quite, it's quite, it's really, really quite compelling. And then building on, on that, because they've got such a high captured customer base of around 700,000, what the company does is that it leverages that customer base and then it cross-sells them or upsells them in terms of the fragrance. Remember, this is a fragrance game. So once they have released a new fragrance, which is a higher margin, higher price, higher margin, they can easily tap into their you know, base of 700,000 customers for upselling. So if you run the numbers, then we can see that that's what has driven um, you know, profit, uh, profit margin growth over the last couple of uh, years. Now, looking forward, the company is also uh, expanding in terms of their physical store, uh, 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 opening of physical stores. It has uh, increased from eight and nine physical stores in, 20, in FY 2017, and they are projected to have closed at around 127 stores this year, and that will increase to 160 stores in FY 24. Now, why is this quite compelling? For two reasons. Number one, fragrance work better in a physical setup because someone wants to smell the fragrance before they buy. <laughs> Something that you can't do online, right? You have to walk in and smell it and try different, you know, different um, combinations. So it really works well in, 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 within a physical space. And then number two, it, because of the effect of COVID, right, what has happened is that 
the rentals that companies are paying for physical stores within malls is quite cheap compared to mm. the rental in courts that you have to pay to either Google or, or, or Facebook if you want to sell online. So if you look at the unit economics of each store, it has improved drastically. As of now, the company, like if you look at a desk, if you look at a particular physical store, it's about 100 square meters, so it's quite small. And the company spends about $105,000 in terms of setting up a new store. And that one store, on average, it delivers close to $286,000 in contribution margin in the first year. So simply running the numbers, it shows that the payback period for, for every single store that they open is around 4.5 months, which compares very favorably to other retailers, you know, like Maya or David Jones, that they've got a payback period of over between 12 to 16 months. So this is a business called where the unit economics right just stack up quite well and you can see that flowing through in terms of the profit margin and then the last thing that we like about dust is that the company is now looking to expand in terms of going into new zealand and also into the into the uk and because they've got a very you know vertically integrated business model that can that they can easily replicate we we believe that you know this provide additional growth opportunities at least in the short to medium term so, Scott, I know it was a, a bit of a mouthful, but uh, it's a summary of why we think that this is a very, very lovely and differentiated retail company. Now that's, a, that's a wonderful summary. I, I really quite like, as you're talking about it, I, I mentioned at the top that you guys normally look at tech businesses and businesses that have different characteristics. And in your answer, you've effectively described a tech business that happens to retail candles. In the sense of, you, know, you mentioned cost of acquisition, you mentioned the recurring revenue nature of the business, you mentioned the unit economics and economies of scale. And it really does show that I think what's really important is, is as many people look at the business first or the sector first and work backwards. I think what you've shown is that looking at the business model and attractive parts of any business model can be applied right across the spectrum. And when you take a software kind of lens, if you like, or traditionally software lens and apply it to a retail store, you can actually find the same sorts of, of opportunities and same sorts of success criteria, which I really like. I've got to say, I love the fact that I didn't realize it was a paid membership program. <laughs> if you can get if you can get three quarters of a million people to pay you to be part of your program, you're not exactly getting recurring revenue. You're not exactly locking those customers in. But there's a nice little psychological decision you make when you kind of cross that threshold and say, I'm paying to be part of this. You're just much more likely to use it than if someone gave you a free membership card and said, well, I'll use it if you want. You're, you're actually inv literally yeah. invested in, in the program, which I think is awesome. Yes, Scott, I mean, it, it, I, I think you have really, really got it right because if you look at the paid uh, Dask Reward membership members, mm -hmm. they spend on average 40% more right than the non-reward members and to your point when we when we spoke to the company ceo he, he literally says that the paid membership program is a good proxy right because it gives you visibility into in terms of the buying buying or purchasing behavior of right, those right. Captured yeah, customer yeah. Base. so yep it really gives you that good uh, insight motley full money Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. As our regular listeners and viewers know, we don't ever just push the upside of an idea. We also talk about the risks to make sure that anyone listening or watching this is prepared for what could go wrong. So let's do that. Give me a couple of the risks of investing <laughs> in Dusk, mate, as a business. 
Yes, Scott. So uh, there are a couple of, I think the first one is that um, if you look at the retail landscape in Australia and big companies, let's say JB Hi-Fi, which is much bigger than Dusk, mm. the optimal store count is about 160 stores in, in Australia. You know, that's almost like your sweet spot. And Dusk right now mm. is at 127, right? And and the company actually guided that by FY24, you know, that store count would reach 160. So, they, you know, at that point in time, right, they, there might be some tailwinds in terms of growth, which has been driven by uh, new store openings. And, you know, if the company can't, especially if they can't execute on their international expansion expansion plan, so growth can taper off because then I've post 160 stores, you know, uh, really your, your, your sales growth driven, driven by new stores, will, you know, will come down. So that's the first risk. Mm-hmm. The second one is around the margins. Like I said, they are really guiding 26% profit margin this year. And, you know, like our members, as they know, retail, we are looking at between 4 to 6%. So <laughs> the question is, are those margins sustainable in the long run? That is the million-dollar mm-hmm. question, right? Um, there's, a, there's a case that um, some of those margins were bummed up because of COVID, and as people spend more time in their houses, you know, they spend more time you know, <laughs> decorating their houses and you know, uh, buying things that makes their house look and feel and smell good. But when people now start going out, maybe the rate of purchase of the fragrance refill might come down. And if that comes mm-hmm. down and then you know, growth will come down, profit margins will also come down. But I think one thing that I just have to highlight is prior to COVID, their profit margins were like 13%. So even if, you know, profit margins get back to around 13%, which was the level that they were prior to COVID, it's still more than twice what you see in a normal, in a, in a normal retail. Yeah, so, right. so that's the second thing. Yeah, that's the second thing. And of course, I mean, we spoke about international expansion. You know, that is quite risky, right? The company... It's too yet to prove that they can, you know, scale their business model outside of Australia. Um, they mentioned that mm-hmm. they are targeting New Zealand and the UK. So, you know, the, the proof is still in the pudding. They still have to prove it that they can scale. So if they can't scale, you know, then that can be a potential risk in terms of slowing growth uh, in the short to medium term. So I think those are the three key, uh, three key risks. There's always competition in the market, in the home fragrance space. Mm-hmm. Um, the big guys, you know, some of the some of the um, specialist retailers, they can obviously encroach into this space. So there's always competition that will build up in as, as long as, especially when they see these high profit margins. So those are the key risks that we're always um, we should always uh, you know take into consideration and, and always monitor going forward. Beautiful, well outlined, mate. I'm going to ask you to finish off by stepping into the elevator for the elevator pitch. Give me a 30, 60 second summary. Why do you like Dusk, and why should our viewers and listeners considering consider buying shares in Dusk? Well, Scott, I think um, why why do I like Dusk? Number one, I I, I really like the direct to consumer to consumer business model simply because it allows you to control um, mm. customer experience end to end, right? And Dusk, I really like this model that they have because when the customer walks in, they can actually really take time, the salespeople, to be able to explain the different fragrances. And, you know, it it also becomes really easy easy to monetize such a customer base if you control it end-to-end. So that's the first thing. The second thing, I generally like fragrance businesses because the product itself, right, lends to, you know, 
leads to a high margin product because people emphasize product differentiation rather than price. Mm-hmm. I like businesses that compete on that and not those that compete on price because, as you know, once you start comp- competing on price, <laughs> you know, the end, yeah, it's, it's, it's really not a sustainable business model in the long run. So I like that about mm-hmm. Dusk. And lastly, I, I really like the CEO right, uh, who came in, I think, around uh, 2015, around that time. And he really changed the business model. He, he, he made it a vertical integrated but asset light retailer. And I think he has executed quite well. He himself, he has slightly over 8 million in terms of vested interest in the company. So we believe that he's aligned to, you know, in terms of alignment with long-term investors. So Scott, maybe that was 90 seconds elevator pitch, but that's why I like this particular business. Very nice. You've got a wonderful summary. Thank you. That company is Dusk, A-S-X-D-S-D. K. Now, Phil, if you like this, if you enjoyed this particular stock of the week, and why wouldn't you? Trev's done a spectacular job of summarizing the company for you. You want to make sure you get more of these. If you're not already, jump on our YouTube channel, The Motley Fool Australia. Pretty straightforward. Make sure you subscribe and like the channel to make sure you get more content as soon as it's available. And or jump on our podcast, The Motley Fool Money Podcast, which brings you this every week plus a uh, general conversation with Andrew Page, my co-host, and we always do our very popular mailbag Q&A once a week. So you want to jump on that as well. If you're on socials, jump on there. Trevor, you're Trev Muchedzi, right, at Twitter? Yes, that's right. Yes, Trev Muchedzi, yes. There you go. Trev Muchedzi on Twitter. You want to make sure you jump on that because Trevor's got some great stuff to say and share. If you want to follow me, you can do that on Twitter and Instagram at TMF Scott P. You can follow The Motley Fool also on Twitter and Instagram at The Motley Fool AU. If you're on Facebook, you can hit us up, a Motley Fool Australia, pretty straightforward. And I'm Scott Phillips Money. In the meantime, until next week, we'll see you then. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.